Hello, and welcome to the Jill Cruz Podcast. This is Jill Cruz. Today, I'd like to talk to you about something that I think is very underrated and essentially ignored for the most part when it comes to changing your diet, whether it's for weight loss or for other health reasons. When, for example, someone says, you know, you have to stop eating sugar or you have to stop eating gluten or you can't eat your favorite takeout food or you have to reduce sodium or you're allergic to almonds, whatever it is, when you are basically told or you learn from your own observation that eating a particular food is no longer going to serve you, that is a loss. And I don't think that it is given its due credit as a loss. I think that when, for example, someone says, well, you know, you have hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's and you can't eat gluten or sugar anymore. It's like, oh, just go off and do that and, you know, you'll be fine. <laughs> but when that happens, I'm speaking from my own experience that at a certain point, someone said, well, oh, you have Hashimoto's. Well, of course you, should, you shouldn't be eating gluten. Everybody knows that. And of course, sugar is terrible for your you know, immune function. So you should stop eating sugar. When that happened to me, I felt a sense of loss. I was sad. And ultimately, what happens is that we experience grief. If we stop eating that food, that is. <laughs> Maybe we just keep eating it and suffering the consequences. But if we do decide to stop eating that food, it is, first of all, scary because we may feel that it's going to be really hard, right? Like, so if I think about, you know, the times in my life when, you know, I stopped eating chocolate and it was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to stop eating this thing that I've been eating every day for the past several years? I am going to suffer. And there's a very interesting book written by Alan Carr. So the book is called Easy Way to Stop Smoking. And that's by Alan Carr. And he talks about something. So I don't smoke. I actually read the book because uh, some people that I know read the book and immediately stopped smoking successfully. That success has been for a long period of time. I thought, well, let me read that book because I wonder what I can learn about it relating to eating habits. And what he talks about in the book is so interesting that actually... The reason that people don't want to stop smoking is that they're afraid. There's fear around stopping smoking and that you are going to feel like you have to smoke and you won't be able to. And I think we have that same thing around food. Like if I say to you right now, well, you, well, you can't eat sugar anymore, your brain is going to go, but, but wait a minute, what if I want to eat sugar? What happens if I want to eat sugar? What am I going to do? Am I, am I going to suffer? Am I going to be miserable? And it's, it's scary. It's scary to think about stopping to eat, eating whatever or, or changing your eating habits. And there's a very interesting thing called urge surfing. So in the psychology, eating psychology world, there are lots of strategies that have been, you know, postulated and tried out on different, you know, it, it, especially the behavioral ones have been tried out on humans. Of course, they have lots of 
animal studies that have been done all kinds of things. <laughs> but for human behavior, they have uh, different strategies that they use. And, and one of them is urge surfing. And so that's, if you feel an urge, you surf that urge. So I think the, uh, the smoking thing is very similar in that, yes, there's fear of having that urge to smoke or to urge to eat something, but you can actually ride that wave. You can actually learn or train yourself really to be okay with having that urge and not acting on it. That's what urge surfing is. So if you decide I'm not going to eat dessert anymore and you think, oh my gosh, it's going to be scary. I'm going to be miserable. It's going to be so hard to not eat dessert. And then you say, you know what? Today's the day. Today I'm going to start doing that. And you eat dinner and then you don't eat dessert, but you keep thinking about it, right? You keep thinking, oh, I want to eat dessert. I want to eat dessert. I always eat dessert. It's like really annoying. It doesn't hurt though, right? Like there's no physical damage to it, but it's difficult to do that. So what you can do when you do urge surfing is you can ride the wave of that urge and just say, you know what? I feel that I want to have dessert and that's okay. This is very important. You have to say that it's okay for you to want to have dessert. It's okay for you to have that urge. And then it'll go away and then it'll come back probably in a few minutes. And then you just say, it's okay. I'm, I'm, it's okay that I don't, that I want to have dessert and I don't have to have dessert. So that is a kind of a cool strategy. But let's say you do that and you don't eat dessert for a couple of days. You might start thinking, well, am I never going to be allowed to eat dessert again? Or am I never going to be allowed to eat gluten again? So there's this sense of loss. And what I want to really talk about, I mean, the urge surfing is cool and Alan Carr's book is cool. But what I really want to talk about in this podcast is that we need to allow ourselves to grieve the loss of that food. So again, if you've been told, you know, you can't eat gluten, you can't eat eggs, you can't eat sugar, whatever it is. You have to minimize, you know, reduce your salt. There's a sense of loss. And if we don't allow ourselves to grieve that loss, then I think we are short-circuiting the process and we are probably also making it so that we go back to that food more readily. Now, this is not based on any science at all. <laughs> I will be the first to say right now, this is just Jill Cruz's experience, right? Of watching people say, I'm going to do a cleanse and they grin and bear it for 10 days or 30 days, or they, or they say, you know, I'm not going to eat sugar and I'm on a diet and I'm going to lose weight. And they grin and they bear it and they just put up with it. And then, you know, they do it for a couple of months and then, and then they stop. Right? They go back to the sugar or they go back to whatever it is that they were eating. Well, why do they do that? Because it's everywhere, it's ubiquitous, and it's very hard to avoid. That's one reason. But I would like to make the argument here that perhaps we don't allow ourselves to grieve the loss of that food. So if you are considering removing something from your diet, whether it's temporary or, or long-term, and you feel that fear, or if you've done it before and you've gotten back on, like on and off, on and off, right? Then I invite you to try to see this loss of this food or this food, you know, group as 
something that you are allowed to grieve. It's okay to grieve. Just like if you lose someone or something very important to you, it might be a job, it might be a house, you know, it's not just the the death of someone, right? You could be grieving a relationship that ended. You could be grieving uh, the end of an era, uh, like in your life. You could be grieving your career changing, whatever it is. Pretty much in our society, we we view grief as something that's necessary and something that people are allowed to do and and even encouraged to do. So I will I'm going to encourage us to add to the list of things that we can grieve is food. So if you think about the loss of food as something that you can grieve, then the question is, well, how how do I grieve this? And I think the first step is to just acknowledge the fact that you have you're experiencing a loss. That alone can go very far. It's like I am I'm I'm not going to just grin and bear it. I'm going to recognize that there's something here within me that feels sad, that feels scared, that maybe feels angry, right? A lot of times if we if we have to stop eating something for health reasons, we might feel that sense of why me? Why is this happening to me? So there might be some anger there. So acknowledging that pain and those feelings is very important. And then keep in mind that grief acts in strange ways. And sometimes we can have, um, you know, it can be going well and then all of a sudden we have an emotion about it, right? So it's not going to be this linear process. Uh, Just like you would be grieving anything else, it may come and go. And the way that you grieve is going to be unique to you. Not everybody grieves in the same way. And the other thing is, just like with grief, can you find somebody to support you? whether that's a professional or a friend, uh, an accountability buddy, someone who's going to be there for you and understand that this isn't just this little thing that you're doing. It's it's sad. It really feels sad to say, you know, I'm, I can't eat chocolate. It's it's just not something that I can eat. And, oh, um, I didn't even mention this, but sometimes you have to stop eating something because it's so addictive, right? To you. So uh, for me, like I didn't eat ice cream for a couple of years because it was so addictive. I had to like get over that hump. And that was really sad and it was scary and I hated it in the beginning. Eventually I got used to it, but I got, I went through that grieving process. So sometimes we have to give up things because they're addictive for us, which is, a you know, another level of <laughs> difficulty. And that's sort of how I feel about chocolate. Like I I easily get addicted to chocolate. So that's really just something that's not, that doesn't serve me. So if I decide to never eat chocolate again, well, let's just say for, you know, the next couple of months or whatever, because after a while I just get used to it. I don't even think about chocolate, but because I've done it before, I've quit chocolate and gotten back on it again. (laughs) But if, if I do decide that I'm going to stop eating chocolate, there is that grieving period And it's good to get support from somebody to go through that who can kind of be like, hey, remember you're not eating chocolate or, hey, I know it's hard for you not to eat chocolate. It's really nice to get that kind of support. And, you know, I think those are helpful ways to, you know, it it may seem like I'm making a big deal out of this, but I don't think I am actually. I think that this is a a factor in the weight loss in particular because, you know, our with your nature, uh, wellness and weight loss, like we help people lose weight in a healthy way. So (laughs) this is, you know, our area where we're paying attention. But if somebody, like I said, has an allergy or 
uh, you know, there's an autoimmune situation or whatever it is, if you have to give up a certain food, then let's give it the, the honor and the attention that this is not so easy and that there is a loss and that you are allowed to grieve the loss of that food or that food group. And I think this is just really, really important and something that people are not talking about. I don't think I'm making a big deal out of it because I think it's, it is very hard. If you're told that you can't eat dairy and everybody's eating dairy, that's hard, right? And there's a sadness. And uh, like I said, you know, a fear and an anger as well, oftentimes. So allow yourself to grieve if you are making those kind of choices with your diet. So that's what I have to say for today, and I hope it is helpful for you. I think that you know changing our diets is never a simple process. There are a lot of emotional integrations here that are going on, emotional, spiritual. So anything that I can do on this podcast or in our programs to help you to have an easier time of it. I, that's what my mission is and my dedication is to making the process realistic and just more easeful and really even to the point where you could enjoy it, right? You can say, you know what, I'm going to go through this grieving process, but eventually I'm not even going to think about that food probably unless it's sitting in front of me. But I, I'll tell you, I've, I've quit lots of things before, like you know, in the past, I didn't eat gluten for four years. It was really hard. But after, I don't know, after a couple of weeks, honestly, I really didn't think about it. I was like, whatever. But in the beginning, it was really hard. So you, once you get over that hump, it does get a lot easier. But that only if, I think, if you allow yourself to grieve the loss of that food. I'm hoping that this will make it easier. And in general, that's my mission, to make things more easeful and joyful for you and for myself. <laughs> So thank you for listening. If you would like more, there we have tons of uh, podcast episodes, other episodes that you can listen to about all kinds of inspiring and empowering themes. And then we have our website, which is winweightloss.com. That's W-Y-N weightloss.com. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.